and I go through all the questions with them and see like how they're feeling on the process and, you know, address any concerns that they might have about the conditions itself because I find more and more conditions are becoming more and more invasive. Mm-hmm. Please <laughs> and, pee into a cup. It's like, yeah, wow. like it's, <laughs> why do I need to pee into a cup to get this mortgage? You know, it's like, just do it. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to I Love Mortgage Brokering Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out how they're succeeding and is competitive market. And today, I talked to Enrique Levy. Enrique went through our Five Steps to Five Million program and go back and listen to those original episodes that we did. And Enrique, I love chatting with this guy. He actually won Rookie of the Year from his company, so that's super cool from DLC. And just an awesome dude. And so a couple of takeaways from my conversation with him. First thing Enrique and I talk about are some of the things that he's learned in the last six months, and one of them is learning how to say no. And so we go back and forth on how to actually have that conversation with a client, a realtor, and he talks about how to spot fraud on a file and what he did about that. So some of the stuff that you're gonna run into. So we give some examples of that. We also dive into a little bit about his niche. And so his niche is business for self clients and how he actually attracts those clients in ways he, you know, repels not the right type of clients. And then we also dive into, you know, for him right now, his big challenge is managing his process and how he's using velocity for live deals and closed files, but how you manages his files using a Trello board. And we went through actually each stage. This would be very useful for you if you're trying to figure out what is the stages should look like. He gives some great advice on that. So there's a stages that he uses in his Trello. Fantastic conversation. Really enjoyed my chat with him. And it's cool to see what he's been doing. So before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. Very easy to use, easy for borrowers. It's got smart docs and figures of what documents are required. It's got smart submission notes. When you go to submit, it puts the notes in there for the underwriter. And it's got lender spotlights. You can search the guidelines and figure out what are the rates and guidelines so I know I can actually get this approved. Check them out at finmo.ca. We use it and love it. It's a fantastic tool. In the Ask the Expert segment today, I talked to Paul Campbell from Magenta about the no doc program. So how do you explain that to borrowers? How do I pitch it? How do I explain it? It's a crazy good program. Check out this conversation I have with Enrique and Paul. Hey, Enrique, welcome back to the show. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm fantastic, man. So we haven't chatted in a while, and I love to do these updates, and you've got a lot of cool things happening. So how are things going right now? Things are going great. I just got awarded Rookie of the Year from DLC. And I mean, TikTok has been kind of still putting out the majority of my business, but it's definitely taken more of a almost an advisory position. Whereas before, like I was just giving people like the basics on mortgages, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of just like looking deeper into things and just kind of like warning people for some of the stuff, you know, like we have like shark lenders that are out there and, you know, I started noticing trends and stuff where people are starting to flock towards it. So that's kind of transcended into a new direction mm-hmm. for me, but all in all, everything's going good. So you're mentioning that you're getting like realtors and stuff. People are actually finding you now from your TikTok because you've got a pretty good, they're like 17, 18,000 followers so yeah. you're not only just attracted clients, but you're now attracting referral sources. How's that gone? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think with that change in direction with my content, now realtors are starting to trust me. 
mm-hmm. more, right? Whereas before, like I was getting a lot of clients that were coming to me and just like, oh, you know, they heard this and really resonated with me and this is awesome. I'd like to work with you. You know, now realtors are just like, holy crap, man, like you just spoke some truth there that I don't hear too often. I'd like to send my clients to you. And for some, you know, their business practices don't necessarily align with mine. So I've chosen to decline working with them. You know, it's a pretty slippery slope once you start getting into the illegal stuff. But, um, oh, yeah, it's very slippery. It's like, yeah, just don't do it. Like, it's, uh, yeah, that's not the broker or the agent I want to be. So that's not who you want to track. Sometimes when you put out that wide net, you don't know what you're going to catch and you just throw it back and be like, we're not a fit. Okay. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. So we were talking offline about a couple things. I want to kind of know what you learned. And so you had a great year last year, 2021, fantastic year. How's this year going for you so far? This year's good. As of next Friday, it would be at 3.26 million in funding. Yeah, which is definitely nice because like last year, my year basically started, or at least where commission started, it was in June last year. So I had about six months to make about 12 mil. I've definitely got the leg up on my last year's numbers. Because you got basically six months more than you did last year. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. And hey, congrats on rookie of the year. That's amazing that you got that. Thank you. Uh, So tell me about saying no, because you said one of the things that you've learned to be better at is saying no. So can you give me an example of a client that you now would say no to and even explain to me like how you would do it because sometimes people don't they're like i'd like to say no but i feel bad i don't know how to do it you know i need the money all these other things that you kind of go through your head so walk me through that so i had this guy that found me off of tiktok and he came to me he's like hey like i really need a rush rush closing but i don't want an appraisal and i said well you know you gotta understand that like you're coming to a lender for eight hundred thousand dollars in mortgage they're going to want to know what it is they're buying into, right? So mm-hmm. like, I don't think you're going to be able to get out of that. And he was pretty persistent with it. And then I started explaining to you, you know, like some of the private lenders are starting to ask for a little bit more documentation as well. Yeah. And he was reluctant to give that. So automatically it gave me a bad feeling. I was just, you know, I feel like this guy's just frauding or I don't really understand where he's coming from. But, you know, after asking a few more questions, he started to get a little bit more reluctant to give answers. Mm-hmm. And eventually I had to tell him, I was like, you know what, man, if it is this hard, if it feels like it's pulling teeth for me to get answers out of you, when I got to go stand in front of a lender and I can't give the answer, the same questions that I'm asking, you know, it's not going to look good for me either. So I think it's just best that we kind of put a stop on this and, you know, maybe find another broker that we wanted to see about squeezing in a no appraisal, no document type mortgage. Right. And, you know, he didn't necessarily like the answer, but that was the answer that he got. And I basically got off the phone and moved on. And that's what you have to do in those situations. I think your instinct was right in terms of like something's up. Like what the heck is he got his house full of like, you know, is it a grow up? Like, although who knows if people even really do that anymore now. That's actually the first thing that came to mind was grow up. (laughs) Yeah. Is it a grow up? Right. Like, you know, and so he doesn't want, does he have a whole bunch of bodies in the basement? Like, you know, what's the scoop there and good on you. And I like the way you framed it. It's like, Hey, look, if you can't answer me, when I go in front of the lender, you don't need to even make it about you. It's like, dude, I'm not gonna be able to sell this. They're gonna punch holes in this and they're gonna be like, don't waste my time. Yeah. And so then you can put it back on them and then of course let them be somebody else's problem, which is probably, he became somebody else's problem. Guarantee. But the thing is too, I even offered to pay for the appraisal. Right. right. Or at least refund the appraisal. I don't necessarily pay yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, always pay on the back end because otherwise, yeah. you know, like I'll yeah. refund you, but. Um, yeah, like so I even offered- you were trying to determine if it was a money thing or if it was something else. And so by yeah. taking away the money objection, you isolated the fact that it wasn't the price of the appraisal. It was actually something else. Yeah. Which is a massive red flag. Okay. So what about with a real estate agent when you identify like, hey, this is not a fit, you know, 
or do you just ghost them? Like, are you pretty? No, I don't ghost them. I'm pretty short, and I don't know if that comes off as like being a dick, but <laughs> you know, like I have a lot less patience for realtors that are trying to put through dirty mortgages. So I'm pretty just, hey man, that's not what my business is about. I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm not going to start now. So I think it's just best that we just cut this conversation now and you have yourself a good career. Right. So this is again for rookies that are listening. So what was something that you recognize as a dirty mortgage or something that the realtor was pushing and that you'd caught? Because they may not notice it if they're newer. Well, I mean, for me, it's actually been pretty upfront. Like one of the first questions that some of them, not all of them, but some of them are asking is like, do you write papers? No, I do not. Oh, well, you know, what if I get this and this type of mortgage? And it's not necessarily like dirty per se, but you know, it may be iffy. And like I, I don't even have any examples that come to mind right now to give you. But I mean, I had a guy who essentially was trying to find where the limits were. And like he was really like asking questions based on, oh man, like if we do this and this, like, is this gonna work? And it's just like, no, man, because like it's just sketchy from the start. And you know, I don't write papers and like when you mean by create... write papers, they're basically can you create documents for me? So they were Yeah, it's like so first he wanted to know if I had a guy that would create like CRA documents, and that was a no. And then he asked <laughs> if I had any connections with the lenders where I was able to put through mortgages that wouldn't make it to like a senior underwriter. And I'm just like, no. Who asks that kind of question? He's heated. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, kids listening to this, this is all stuff you should just like straight up run from. This is yeah. total crazy. And, you know, by the time you got to, I think it's like the third or the fourth question, I was like, you know what, man, I could see what type of business you typically bring in. And that's just not the clientele that I want. You know, right. so it was like, if that's the space that you work on, you know, good luck to you. But, you know, I happily decline. Yeah. I had to fire a realtor once who, like, the first file was kind of ugly. It was like, okay, it wasn't. And the next was like a little bit. And the third, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this. And so I just declined it. I'm like, I can't do this file. I'm like, every file was uglier than the last. And he got pissed at me. He came into my office. It's like, how dare you? I'm like, dude, can't do it. And so what I did, I didn't tell him no. I just declined him. Because if you tell him, you decline them, they're going to go find somebody else. And I'm like, I am not risking my license and my livelihood for this. Because the thing of those people, they will throw you under the bus. Yeah. When a problem comes, they'll be like, oh, no, no, it was you. You were the one. And it's like, they will throw you under the bus and they'll back the bus up over you. And so it's just a bad thing to get yourself into. So, yeah. okay, let me ask you about TikTok. So it's been a huge kind of opportunity for you. So what percentage of your business would you say has come from either directly from TikTok or from relationships you built through your TikTok channel? To be honest, I haven't thought of it as recently. I mean, if you asked me this a few months ago last year, you know, I would have said that about 90% of my business is coming in off of TikTok, but like that number's definitely changed. Because like I've picked up a good like four or five different realtors off of TikTok. Realtors that I'm happy to work with. And actually a friend of mine, well, she's more of an acquaintance really, no offense to her, but you know. We won't she, say her name because she doesn't know who she is. <laughs> but, like, she, Sally, she you, you're not my friend, Sally. You're just an acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> but she um you know like she found me off of tiktok initially wanted to do a mortgage and then turns out like she was also in the process of getting her real estate license and she got her real estate license a couple months ago so now she's already sent me a couple of her first clients so it's just like it's that's cool it's, i would say it might even be like a 60 40 but quickly approaching 50 50 right and it's now more relationship oriented where you're coming from relationships. And so yeah. if you had to look at your mix of business, has there been a niche that's been particularly profitable, enjoyable for you? So I have almost intentionally gone out of my way to find self-employed and like new investors. Generally, I kind of stay out of the first time homebuyer process just because like it is a headache's worth of work. 
and tremendous amount of time invested into it, especially just answering all the questions, right? Like a lot of times I find with the first time investors, chances are they already own a home or they've already owned a home at some point. Self-employed mm-hmm. individuals, kind of the same thing. I mean, even if they didn't, they just have a different mentality towards money and finances. And it's just a little bit easier to work with. And even with collecting documents, like it's usually a much easier process to get a hold of that. So it's like, you know, a lot of my business uh, comes in on the B side and, you know, yeah, sure. There's more due diligence that's involved with it, but it's a lot easier when your clients are in the headspace to give you everything you need up front so that you're not constantly on the phone chasing after them. So, I mean, you know, I've pretty much exclusively gone for that business. Not to say that I won't take first time home buyers. I'm just not advertising to them. Right. If somebody's listening to this, how do you do that? Like, how do you say, okay, this is my niche is great, but is that in your TikTok stuff that you're focusing on that type of content? Is it in your conversations with referral partners? Like, how do you actually get, you know, how do you get narrow on that? With the realtors, I tell them straight up, this is what I'm looking for. And like, I'll tell them, it's like, listen, like if you got somebody that really is having a hard time figuring out the whole mortgage thing and, you know, like you just want somebody that actually answers your phone and keeps in communication, then sure, send them. But this is where I niche. Like if I'm paying for advertising, this is what I'm paying for advertising in. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for the most part, because even like I had a LinkedIn campaign going to get realtors as well, like one of those like auto messaging yeah. campaigns. And, you know, like it was getting some responses, but like, I think one of the things that realtors weren't expecting is that I was vetting them, you know, right. because realtors have almost a sense of arrogance where it's just, they think that they can do the business without us. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, it's the other way around. I'm vetting you because like, I don't know if I want your type of business that's coming in. And through that, you know, like I've declined working with some because they exclusively work with first time home buyers and it's just not where I want to focus my business. Right. So in understanding my- there, if they have a niche, so one way to do it would be understanding if they have a niche. Yeah. Saying no to, you know, certain client types, yep. your content. So you did, you know, screening the realtors, like you said, on LinkedIn and being like, hey, what's your sort of market? And then on your TikTok, do you talk about that ideal client a lot or how does that go? Yeah. So like on TikTok, basically, I just started talking about the stuff to the clientele that I want to get. Like, I can't actually tell you the last time I did anything for first time home buyers. And like sometimes if there's like really big information that could really help a lot of people out, I'll still put it out there, right? Because ultimately the whole purpose of my TikTok is to help, right? I look at most mortgage advertising and the shit's in Swahili. And the average person who doesn't deal with mortgages often or has never dealt with obtaining a mortgage before, they're not going to know what the language is. No, right? you so, got to talk like in their language. Tell me like I'm 10, I always say. You know, yeah, so essentially my whole premise of my TikToks was just to give people... Like I get asked good questions all the time in my meetings. So I'm just answering those questions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Less the names of the clients and, you know, confidential information. Yeah. This is Sally Smith. Her credit score was 550. Maybe you can be like (laughs) Sally. She lives at, you know, (laughs) she's a librarian. And yeah, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So you put out content specific to that. And you always attract what you put out there, right? Like if you say to a realtor, I love helping people that have bad credit. Guess what you're going to get? A whole lot of people. Oh, like, oh, perfect. Bring out the dead. You know, like, you know, here's a file. It's funny because I did this one video. It was 13 seconds long. And that video blew up. Like a good chunk of my following came from that one video because all I said, somebody asked a question like, oh, could you get a mortgage with bad credit? And all I said was like, good question. Simple answer. I've gotten people approved with a 518. And that was it. That was the video. 
and it got like well over a hundred thousand views and my phone and my email just blew up like i was having the oh was it time. quality or was it just like what kind uh, of i did get some good business out of it i mean like the credit was bad but they still had good income and like it was still a good b mortgage just you know like there was quite a bit of people that were coming through it's like oh i got five thousand dollars saved and i got a 480 credit score and right and you know can i buy a house no no in short no. Yeah, you have to think about who you want to attract. So that's really good. What other kind of processes or things have you put in place to help you run a better business in the last year? Well, I've got two different CRMs that I'm using, which might seem odd to a lot of people, but I have Velocity that I'm using for my live deals and my closed deals. And it's also keeping track of like people's birthdays and anniversaries and just like milestone stuff so that I can reach out to them and just stay top of mind on the emailing campaign. But then for Trello, I use that for my leads in. I just like the tile. Like, it's just a very simple drag and drop. Yeah, you, where are they at? I talked to them. I got yeah. this. Like, yeah, I, I love the simplicity of Trello. And then now, like, I've currently got several deals in front of me right now. Like, I'm counting the sticky notes around my computer screen. And I've got about 13 deals on the go. And it's just the names of the clients that I have on the go. So that if I'm in the middle of the day and, you know, I'm tired or I didn't sleep well the night before and I have that brain fog moment i can just look up the sticky notes and like okay now it's time for me to work on john smith and oh now it's time to work on jane doe you know so like that's kind of been the process so in your trello i'll be curious and i think trello is a pretty cool tool for what it's for it's not everything but what are the stages that you typically run somebody through so just out of curiosity if somebody's like thinking about using that what would that look like so i have just like a blank section with like all of just like the cards like just blank cards so i can like fill in the name and then I have a new lead section. So yeah. basically just like, you know, a realtor says, hey, expect a call from this person. You know, they're going to talk about such and such. So I'll start the first and last name. And if I got the phone number, then I'll put the phone number in there and get mm-hmm. that information started. And then basically I'll go from discovery call to strategy session. Strategy session, basically where like we actually like get into the nitty gritty of things and I start asking them all the questions and basically ask them to financially undress And then from there, it goes to doc collection. So it's like, okay, great. You know, we've decided that we're a great fit for each other. And now I've sent the checklist. Like I have a checklist of all the documents that I need just to save me from having to verbalize it. Um, And then the credit consent form. And so as soon as that's emailed out, they go into that section. And then from there, I go to underwriting. And mm-hmm. that's just like for my personal underwriting. So like I'm going through it and like pre-underwrite before you're sending it into like yeah. or something. And then if we decide to proceed, then it goes to live deal. And then that's basically when it's already been submitted in. And then I have added conditions fulfilled, broker complete, and then file complete. Yeah. Oh, and in between, like once we get to the conditions, I forgot there's also just like follow up with the client just to like go over the questions. All it says is follow up. Mm-hmm. And I go through all the questions with them and see like how they're feeling on the process and, you know, address any concerns that they might have about the conditions itself. Because I find more and more conditions are becoming more and more invasive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please and, pee into a cup. It's like, yeah, wow. like it's. <laughs> now, why do I need to pee into a cup to get this mortgage? You know, it's like, just do it. More and more, I'm getting asked for the ID of the client's kids just to confirm that they're under the required age for a child tax benefit. You know, how do you get ID for a kid though? If kids don't have ID, do they? So birth certificate or a passport. Oh, I see. Right. They just want confirmation of age. Right. And it's just like, it's like, I'm a parent. Like, it's like, if somebody came to me and asked me for my kid's ID, my guard's up. 
Yeah, that's that is seems like an overreach. It's like, uh, but I understand why lenders are doing it, but that is kind of annoying. Um, yeah, so it made me very uncomfortable. So yeah, so there's that. So we jumped over to file complete, and then I file complete. And there's also another card for follow up again, and just to kind of go back to how they're feeling and maybe address anything that I might have missed or like any questions or concerns that they have my going forward, and then that's basically where it stops on Trello. After that point, then they're now going into my mailing campaign. Right, follow-ups and sequences and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's really good. It's good that you actually have a process that you follow and, like, move people along. And the whole goal every day is to, like, say, moving the football down the field. We both like football. Tom Brady's back. I thought he was gone. I don't know if I told you, but I bought a Patriots hat because I thought he was gone. I was like... I had a Bucks hat, but now I'm like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. But um, so, yeah, you move every day. If you keep moving the ball, 10-yard line, 20-yard line, 30-yard line, and just keep moving it, every file moves a little bit, that's how you win the game. Okay, that's really good. Is there anything like, if you look back now from when you first started, you know, got your license, when did you get your license again, by the way? I know it's in one of the previous episodes, but when 20, did you get license? I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. But you didn't start really until last year full-time right like because you were working and stuff so what would you say to yourself now if you had to sit down and be like Enrique listen up buddy do this what kind of advice would you give yourself I think for starters they were even like join DLC (laughs) because you know since joining Phil Weir's team like I get a lot of brokers and agents calling me asking me for advice like through TikTok or whatever and you know I started realizing that other brokerages are not providing the value that Phil and Josie, his wife, is providing us. Like we, on an almost weekly basis, have lender meetings. We are constantly getting rate updates or, or just like any like changes happening with the different lenders. We're getting so much information on a daily basis. And it's basically on you to do the homework, right? And yeah. I think even just that in itself, do the homework. Yeah. Learn your product. Just do the homework. Spend time every day go through any updates that are happening with the lenders and learn all the products properly because I put out videos for things that lenders can actually do. And I've had other brokers that have been in the industry for decades. Tell me that. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, not even that they didn't know that they're straight up like cussing me out, telling me that's not possible. You shouldn't be advertising. And I'm just like, what lender is it? Well, if you don't know, go do your own homework. I see. Yeah, I'm yeah, certainly yeah. not helping you get there. I, yeah. I'm not going to make this easy for you. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you're, um, <laughs> you're going to come at me with that tone. I'm not helping you at all. Go figure it out yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Forget you, man. Okay. I think that's really good advice. It doesn't matter like who you end up with. And I know that Phil runs a good shop. It's absolutely critical. Like the course, as you are fully aware now, the course does not prepare you. The mortgage licensing course does not prepare you for the nine to five of this. And like, I would encourage anybody that came out of that course, if you have any sense of ego coming out of there, get rid of it because it'll be taken from you anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get stomped if you yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like just get yourself in check because you will get checked. That's a hard fact. You know, what's interesting. It reminds me of, so I do Muay Thai with my son and we got a couple different coaches that we use. And so this one guy was a two-time world champ. And so I thought it was getting pretty good. Right. So we do some sparring. And then I spar with him and I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's literally at like 15%. And I'm like, he would overwhelm me. If he actually tried to hurt me, he would, yeah. I would just be on the mat in a ball crying. And I was starting to get like, I'm kind of a badass, you know, and maybe as a office worker, you know, but even then there's like, man, there's people out there that would tune you up. And so that's what it's like. So if you're new, we're not trying to scare you, but just be aware of the challenge that is the mortgage industry. It's a wonderful industry, but 
it is not for the faint of heart and it's not easy. Yeah. Final bit of advice actually too, is like, you know, if you guys are considering doing this cosplay, like he didn't ask me to say this. So disclosure are fine, but like, if you guys are thinking about doing this cost program, I would, because the systems that I took out of it are really helping me. Right. Well, I appreciate that, man. And you're doing the work though. At the end of the day, it's like everybody gets the same opportunity. It's kind of like you get a workout program to somebody and then they come back and one guy's fit and the other person's like, ah, workout. I was like, you didn't do the program, man. Like you didn't, you didn't even do any of it. So yeah. you did the work and like, I'm super pumped that you got rookie of the year. That's amazing. And, uh, thank you. Super cool. And we talked about this too, but there's a guy on TikTok who's like blown up and it was because he listened to you. He's like, we were talking all the time. You're like, Hey, TikTok thing. And he's like, I'm going to do TikTok. He's in Australia, but one of the past episodes and you know so it's amazing when we put ourselves out there and you know share a little bit what we're doing how inspiration can help other people and i think that's cool and i'm excited to see what you do in this next year like from a get more focused on your process get more focused on you know your ideal client what are you looking forward to in this next year like what is something that you're thinking of now that you're kind of you got your feet under you anything you're excited about diamond award I want that. You want to send me the diamonds, baby. <laughs> I want the diamond award. And it's just personal target. You know, like I'm very happy and I'm finding my savvy. I wouldn't say that I'm hundred percent there yet. Cause I still have plenty to learn, but you know, like I'm finding my savvy and I'm a lot more confident in my conversations and, you know, just personal target for me. Cause I'm extremely competitive for any of you that actually know me is I said diamond for myself. So that's what I'm working towards. Right. You'll do it, you know, all in time. That's awesome, man. So congrats on your success and thanks for coming back. Maybe I'll have you on again at some point up in the future and be like, hey, what's going on, brother? And you can tell me what you're working on or what you're learning. I love these update calls and stuff. Yeah. So keep crushing it. And actually, I just, you should hear this come out soon. I did another update with Isabel. So you know Isabel, right? And so yeah. she's doing amazing. She's kind of found an interesting mentorship opportunity. So she's still doing her own business, but she's also getting like her hands on lots of files. And so she's loving it. So, That's you awesome. know, there's many different paths to success in this industry. There's many ways that you can... Yeah go about it and it's cool to see you guys both i feel like you're like my kids i'm like oh i'm so proud of my kids they're out doing their thing and crushing it and stuff so it's cool man okay well good chat with you enrique pleasure hey thanks again for listening to that conversation with enrique super cool as i said in the conversation it's kind of like i feel like a proud papa i'm like oh good job man and he did the work at the end of the day you can have the best program in the world, but if you don't do anything with it, it's not going to do you any good. So the program that we've developed since Enrique went through it is called rookie2rockstar.ca. Go check that out. And honestly, the program is significantly enhanced. If think of this as like, if you compare the iPhone 1 to the iPhone 12, this new program is like the iPhone 12. It's literally light years ahead of our other program and our agents are getting success faster because of it. So check that out. And check out this conversation I have with Paul from Magenta about the NoDoc program. If you're into self-employed clients, this program is going to be awesome. Hey, Paul, welcome to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott, how's it going? It's fantastic, man. So, hey, we were chatting earlier about this pretty cool program you guys have called the NoDoc program. And it's like a universal adapter for, you know, mortgages, so different uses people can have for it. So why don't you explain to me what that is? And then we'll talk about some of the use cases. Because when you were telling yeah. me, I was like, holy, I can't believe the stuff that this program can work for. Yeah, I mean, this product was really designed to really help to differentiate us within the marketplace. This is, as advertised, it's 80% no-doc program that we offer. And it's exactly as it sounds. There's no documents required on the financial side of things in order to obtain a home. Typically, the things that we look for on a product of this nature is if it's a purchase, we're only looking for the credit bureau, 
the application, down payment, appraisal, things of that nature. But outside of that, in terms of financial documents, we don't require any. So yeah, no income documentation. So you basically treat this like a stated income file, right? And so what type of people would this be a good fit for? So what kind of clients are you seeing that are using this program? You know what, to answer that, I would say we are using this product with all types of clients, people who are salaried, people who are BFS. I'd say the larger pool that I've come in contact with are people that are BFS clients, typically cash businesses. So someone who's a restaurateur, you know, it's transactional. It's a lot of money moving in and out of the business on a daily basis. If I'm a broker and I'm positioning this to my client, it's one of those products where, hey, you know what? You can look for your T1 generals. You can look to get your back taxes done and do all of that fun stuff. Or you can pay a slight premium for this product and show no documents and move into that house tomorrow. Right. So no docs, no problem. It's the yeah. it's no docs, no problem. Uh, usually we say no docs, no talk because, you know, when you're doing a business, but in this case, and so people listening, this is a product that's available in pretty much all the major urban centers in Ontario. So it's pretty cool. So tell me about the guy, you had a client that just recently purchased a property in Burlington. Explain to me kind of what the situation was with that fellow. Yeah. So that particular deal was a client out of Burlington who was purchasing a property just over 1.2 million. We did 80% LTV on that. And, you know, it was one of those things where he just didn't really have the paperwork in place to kind of move forward, probably on the A or B side. But the actual deal itself made sense because he had owned the restaurant for just over 14 years. It was in a great location and he had repeat customers. You know, he was well known in the neighborhood. So it was never a situation of, you know, is this affordable? This mm -hmm. was a matter of, you know, is this client able to provide the documentation necessary in order to move forward with this purchase. And I think, you know, the one thing that we neglect to mention is the approval for a deal of this nature comes in the story that the broker is able to present to us at the time of submission. So give us the details, give us the nitty gritty around the business and how it works and how the income is generated and make it so that the product makes sense for the client. Right. If the product makes sense for the client, there's no issues around us approving that deal and moving forward. Yeah, the big difference between B and A business is you guys want to know the story, right? Whereas A primarily just looks at, you know, documents and says, we use that for a story. But with B, the story really does matter. So explain mm -hmm. how you justified it. So people would use it for that. So you got a restaurant owner or somebody who's maybe they've got behind them, got their taxes all cleaned up, but they're in process and they still want to purchase. They could use this program because it's like you don't need to have that all sorted out. Again, as long as it makes sense. And then tell me the types of property. So he bought an owner-occupied, but can people buy rentals? What other stuff can they do with it? So yeah, again, this product is so flexible in the sense that you can use it for multiple things. So obviously, yes, on an owner-occupied property, you can move forward with this product. But we also have this product available on rentals. There's a slight increase on the premium, as well as student rentals, holdcos. It's pretty much a one-stop shop in terms of being able to provide solutions. But yeah, it's definitely a product that we try to use it or utilize it in as many ways as we can. Right. So 80% loan to value, interest rate. What's the interest rate look like? I mean, this was going to change depending on somebody's listening to this, but you know, currently what would the rate and fees look like on something at 80%? So standard rate, 80%, we're looking at starting at 364. And on a pure no doc at uh, 364, we're looking at 375 as a fee. Now, okay. we also offer this on refinances as well. 
you know, there's a difference in the fee, but the rate remains the same consistently across the board. So what is the difference on a refinance and will you refinance what loan to value? On a refi, we'll go as high as 75% LTV and we'll look at 365 as a fee on a refinance. Okay. It's pretty easy in terms of a product. So people use it for things, like you said, hold co's, student rentals, rentals, and is the fee change or just the rate when you go to those different property types? Typically, it's just the fee that may change and it oftentimes they don't change. Again, if the covenant is strong and the story makes sense, obviously it's case by case and it's subject to adjudication with our credit team. But from what I've seen on my end, it's only been a slight variance from what is usually quoted in terms of the fee and the rate. Right. Okay. This sounds awesome. It's a pretty cool product. It's very versatile. And what kind of suggestion would you have for a broker who's explaining this to a client? Right. Rates a little bit higher, but honestly, like I've said to you before, I've had my own prime mortgages, higher rates than what this rate is in the past. Mm -hmm. How would you sell this or explain it to a client? So, I mean, if I put my broker hat on for a second, again, it's subject to the situation of the client. And when I'm looking at this product and I'm looking at the client, it has to do with flexibility and options. So when I use that terminology, what I'm referencing is if the client is someone who has all their ducks in a row, they have all their paperwork in place, you know, they have their tax returns and they're ready to go on their BFS. And it could be a situation where they just may not want to present all that information about themselves. Mm -hmm. That's choice. And within that choice, this is where the options come in where, hey, you know, we can move forward with this under the full doc program, or we can move forward with this under the no doc program. And the way I would sell it to a client is, yeah, you're paying a slight premium, but for that slight premium, you're going to purchase a home with no documents whatsoever. Right. What is the difference in rate and fee for if somebody did do full doc versus no doc on this? So if we're looking at a verifiable income client, you're looking at a fee of 2.75 to start. The rate would remain the same. And then obviously on the no doc side, it's 3.75. So you're looking at 1%. Fee difference. Yeah, and fee difference. And I mean, keeping in mind that the fee is capped into the mortgage, you're never paying out of pocket for the actual fees in and of itself. It's right. uh, It does provide flexibility and option for your client. No different than CMHC fees being capped into mortgages that people are, Correct. they don't blink at. And some of those CMHC fees get pretty stinking big too. I think when it comes to this kind of thing too, as a mortgage broker, a great way to present something like this is sometimes self-employed people, they want to declare as low income as humanly possible. Good mm-hmm. for you. You save money on taxes, you know, but <laughs> what happens is it makes it challenging to qualify for a mortgage. And so if you present to the client, Hey, Mr. Client, based on your application to fully qualify, you would need to pay yourself $150,000 a year for the next two years. The taxes on that are going to be, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year. Currently, you're doing say fifty thousand that you're showing, so you'd be looking at about eighty thousand dollars more in tax that you need to pay yourself. And so, when you compare the tax, congratulate them on your accountant's obviously saving you money on taxes. However, that means that you're going to have to look at different options when it comes to your mortgages. And when you see that big tax bill, then the fee that's capped into the mortgage seems pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Plus you also now get to own real estate in a market that's still appreciating as opposed to going, okay, great. I'll do that. Scott, I'm going to wait two years. What are you going to pay for that property two years from now? Who knows? Right. And if you're currently renting, then that's money gone. So like if you add up all those costs, show the true opportunity cost of doing something now versus waiting, you know, that two year period, to get everything cleaned up. And then mm-hmm. as a business owner, I always think of things, it's just math. And when you can show me, oh, this versus this, great. I just need to know, explain it to me so that I can make that comparison. And when you see that, by most business owners, we'd like to pay as little tax as 
we can legal, right? <laughs> I know I do. I pay a lot of tax, but I will always, you know, do everything that's within legal limits to try and lower it. So I think that's a lot of this No, exactly. I'm not doing anything illegal. If you're listing CRA, it's, <laughs> I pay all the tax. I love paying. I love you, CRA. You are my favorite. <laughs> Please don't call me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So any last words about this product? Somebody's thinking about it. How do they reach out to you guys? You know what? So this week we just launched one of our internal account managers. But for now, I would say the best way is to reach out to brokers at magentainvestment.ca. No S on investment. Right. And awesome, man. Well, this is a cool product. And remember, there's a whole bunch of uses for this, not just primary residence rentals, student rentals, hold co's. Check out magenta.ca, largest MIC in Canada, certainly yeah. in Ontario. And you guys have been doing this a long, long time. So go check them out. This is just one of the innovative products that they have. Thanks again, Paul, for chatting with me. Awesome, man. Had a great time. All right. Thanks again for listening to that conversation I had with Enrique and Paul. Hopefully you pulled away some nuggets that you can use in your business. And if you're listening to this, you're like, Scott, I need more nuggets. I want more gold. Go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, set up a free power search account, and you can actually search all of our past episodes by keyword. It's very effective. It's totally free. Check that out at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. And thanks again for listening to this episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.